What's up, everybody? My name is Adam Badger, and welcome to Talkin' Fit. What's up, guys? Thank you for listening. Quick little sidebar. Uh, this is the fifth time I've hit record. Each time I've gotten in about 15 seconds and thought the podcast sounded like shit, and I'm starting to get frustrated. Um, but as you can see now, I am still recording the episode. I didn't quit on it, <laughs> and that's not because uh, I am anything special or a brag. It's just because I need to get this recorded, and it needs to get done. So this is your reminder that if you are trying to start anything and it gets a little frustrating, weight loss-wise, fitness-wise, whatever, uh, quitting on it, it doesn't serve anybody, then no one gets helped, no one sees results. Uh, the goal of this podcast is obviously to put out free information that can hopefully help a lot of people. And it only gets to a lot of people if you guys are sharing it. So please be sure to share the podcast. Make sure you're leaving a review. Make sure you're subscribing so you're getting notified when new episodes come out. And again, just don't quit on your goals. It is summertime. Weather is great. I'm in New York. I think most people who listen to this are probably in New York too. But um, weather's great. Summertime's here. This is generally when... Uh, motivation for a lot of people starts to dip a little bit. So for most people, they're, you know, kind of go get into January, they have that New Year's resolution, and about like 75, 80% of people kind of quit that goal by February or March, all right? But for the for the people who are maybe start stopping or have stayed consistent, summertime is generally when motivation takes a little bit of a dip. And this is whether or not you have reached your quote-unquote goal uh, by the summer. So let's say you wanted to lose 15, 20 pounds, or maybe you just want to lean up a little bit, or maybe you just wanted to get healthier habits started. By the summer, for most people, that motivation starts to go away because it's nice weather out. You want to sit by the pool. You want to go on your vacations. You want to enjoy the, uh, the weather and you know have drinks by the pool, whatever it is. Um, I'm the same way. I'm a human being. My motivation dips a little bit in the summer. I'm less motivated to do work things and do workout things and all the responsibility that comes with all of that stuff. But that being said, what I want to do with this episode is kind of take away some of the fluff and bullshit that you shouldn't be worrying about to make fitness and nutrition easier for you so that you can stay consistent during the times when motivation isn't super high. And this is really important because motivation is going to dip throughout the year. And if you haven't laid the groundwork for base level habits, um, meaning that you know your food and your exercise are pretty structured and routine so that you can at bare minimum play damage control, uh, if you haven't laid the groundwork for that, it's very easy to completely fall off track during summer, which then leads leads into fall and winter, which is holiday time, where we usually see people are gaining, you know, that extra 5, 10, 15 pounds during the course of July to December, and then they start the cycle all over again uh, when it's New Year's resolution time. So if you feel like your motivation is dipping right now, and you're kind of falling off track with your diet or you're falling off track with your workouts, this is a reminder to you that motivation is not always gonna be there and you have to lay the groundwork for some base level structure and routine in your life when it comes to fitness and nutrition if you wanna be able to sustain it throughout the downtimes, throughout the summertime, the holidays, and all the above. Um, So these are a few things that you need to stop 
focusing on or stop concerning yourself with to make the process of fitness easier. These are just some kind of quickly, quick thoughts I had in my mind of things I commonly hear people ask, um, and it really just kind of complicates the process. If you can get rid of the, the fluff and, and stop worrying about these things, it makes the process a lot easier. So one is going to be carbs, right? You got to stop overly worrying about carbs. I have very rarely seen anyone come in, uh, a new client looking to lose weight, uh, and really, I've never really seen anyone be eating way too many carbs. Uh, it's very, very rare. Most people are eating way too much fat, um, and they're also having too many liquid calories. So for most people, the problem areas are going to be the fat calories and the liquid calories, not carb calories. But at the end of the day, it really just comes down to calories. If you're not losing weight, uh, it's either that you're not burning enough, or you're not you're not consistent enough, and you're probably eating too many calories at some point during the week or month. But generally speaking, a lot of times people are just eating way too much fat, and they are blaming carbs and they're demonizing carbs even though they're eating too much fat. Now, does this mean fat is bad for you, that you shouldn't eat fat, that fat makes you fat? No. But if you're blaming carbs and you're not paying attention to your actual habits, it's harder to make these changes. So instead of worrying about carbs and getting all freaked out about that and then you know overcomplicating the process, really just worry about your calories and your protein. Can you kind of control your calories and can you eat a bare minimum of like 110 to 120 grams of protein per day. Uh, and that's usually for the average female client. I'd say regardless of how overweight or lean you are, if you're a female client and you're eating between anywhere between like 110 and 150 grams of protein a day, you're probably going to be fine year round if you can sustain that. And sometimes you're going to be on the lower end. Uh, when you're really dialed in, you might be on the higher end, but you want to hit that like 110 gram minimum. Now, for guys, it's a little bit different. They might have to eat a little bit more protein than a female, but you get my drift. If you can just kind of stay in that range and keep your calories in a reasonable range most of the time, you're going to be fine. If you're sitting there worrying about, is this bad carb? Should I eat this carb? Uh, and all that stuff, it's really going to overcomplicate the process. Most people are using too much like cooking oils, dressings, uh, coffee creamer, alcohol, nuts, these are all things that kind of add up in calories very, very quickly. Uh, and then they're worrying about, you know, should I take the bread off my sandwich? Like it doesn't really make any sense. Taking the bread off of your burger, but then slamming seven white claws is not going to, you know, one's not going to offset the other. It's not the bread that's killing you, it's the seven white claws, right? Nothing wrong with having a drink, but you want to make sure that you're controlling your total calorie intake. The second one is going to be, uh, Stop worrying about like healthy recipes. Now, healthy recipes are fun. They're cool to keep around and, and try once in a while. But if you are constantly scouring the internet or um, looking up healthy recipes on Pinterest or something, you're really going to make this process way more complicated than it needs to be. Healthy recipes are cool to try. Like, you know, if you're having like a barbecue or you're having like a Friday night dinner and you want to try something new. But again, you don't need a 700-page recipe book to be in shape. Most in-shape people or people who stay in shape year-round are eating pretty basic foods, not bland and plain, but their, their menu is not that big. 
you're trying to build like this huge uh, itinerary of not itinerary but this encyclopedia of recipes to you know live a healthier lifestyle and you don't need to do that uh, you don't need these fancy recipes or fancy meals to stay on track really you need like a lean meat with like salt and pepper and you need a produce and you need a starchy carb if you can stick to that template 90 percent of the time even if you're not tracking it or meticulously tracking it you're probably going to be way closer to your goals now when i say that it sounds super simple and some people might hear that and go well then why do you have people track calories i have people track calories because most people aren't willing to right off the gate right out the gate eat that way all of the time and they need to learn what an actual serving size look like look serving size looks like because even if you are eating whole food sources um, it's harder to overeat on those but you still need to know what a serving size looks like you need to know the difference between uh, a high calorie high fat meat and a lean meat you need to know these things to make decisions long term but for the general public if you're you know just trying to live a healthier lifestyle if you can do a lean grilled meat with a produce and a starchy carb at every single meal you're going to be ahead of the curve now if you start looking up all these crazy healthy recipes one it's going to overcomplicate the process for you it can be fun but it's overwhelming because then as soon as you don't have time to cook one of those healthy recipes you don't know what to do and then you revert back to your comfort zone or your, or your normal habits of what you start what you used to do before you started trying to eat healthy uh, another thing too is a lot of healthy recipes and this one is very important a lot of quote-unquote healthy recipes just use healthy ingredients but they're not necessarily low calorie or calorie controlled now this is a huge huge thing to pay attention to because just because a recipe is labeled as a healthy recipe doesn't mean it's going to help with weight loss for example if i if you were to make um some sort of like healthy version of a dessert and you're using uh, coconut sugar instead of regular sugar or you're using avocado as the base instead of flour or, or, or whatever kind of crazy things you see online it doesn't mean that it's a lower calorie it just means that the ingredients have more nutritional value now this is a this is an important difference to be aware of just because the ingredients have more nutritional value doesn't mean that it's uh, lower calorie or higher protein. If you're making a healthy version of a dish, you still need to pay attention to the calorie and the protein content. Now, when you're when you're making these like complicated recipes with you know 20 different ingredients and everything's kind of mixed together, it's very hard to account for how many calories you're eating. Now. For ex another example is like olive oil is way healthier for you than canola oil or vegetable oil. It's way healthier. It has way more nutritional value, but it's still just as high in fat and calories. So just because you replace canola oil or vegetable oil with coconut oil or avocado oil or uh, olive oil, it doesn't change the calorie content or the fat content. So it's healthier in nutritional value, but it's not lower calorie or lower fat. So you have to pay attention to these things. And when you have these complicated, healthy recipes, it's harder and harder to track stuff or to at least be aware of how much you're eating. When you keep it pretty basic, lean meat, produce, starchy carb on your plate, and everything's kind of separated like that, 
It's way, way easier to be aware of how many calories you're eating and control your intake. And you feel way more full because it's not super highly palatable. Now, I'm not saying that you have to eat plain, bland food. That's very important. I'm not saying that. But if your ex- your if your expectation is that every healthy meal you make is going to taste like a highly palatable restaurant quality meal, then your expectations are way off. You're going to be disappointed and the food's going to taste more bland. If you go into it saying, okay, I'm eating this food because I know it's nutritionally valuable to me. It's helping me towards my goals. If that's your first criteria for food choices, it makes your goals way easier to achieve. If you're basing everything on convenience or taste, that's just your old behavior. And it's because you've pretty much wrecked your palate from eating highly processed, highly highly salty, highly sugary, highly palatable foods your whole life, even from your childhood. So going into adulthood, you're expecting everything to just have this like crazy flavor. It's basically like um, like any sort of stimulant you take. The more caffeine you drink over time, your body gets ad- uh, adjusted to it and adapts to it. So you need more and more to feel energy. It's the same thing like with taste. If you're used to highly palatable foods, you need more and more flavor to feel like you're eating something tasty. You have to kind of reset that palate. So making your meals simple is gonna be way, way better for you long term. Now, when you make that switch, initially you're gonna go, oh, this is kind of boring, blah, blah, blah. But that's just your self-limiting mindset popping up to give you a reason to quit. You gotta stick through these temporary inconveniences for the long-term purpose, the long-term goal you're trying to achieve. If in that moment you don't really feel like eating whatever it is, grilled salmon with sweet potato and and vegetables, if you don't really feel like it, it is not a major sacrifice to eat that one meal that you don't kind of feel like in order to reach your long-term goal. Because the next day, guess what? You could just switch it up and you can eat something else. But if you don't feel like that one meal in that one moment, it's not ruining your fucking life to just eat it to get a little bit closer to your goal. And trust me, the next day, you're just going to be more proud of yourself uh, for sticking to your your goals and sticking to your routine even when you didn't feel like it. Which brings me to the next, uh, the next one. Don't overly concern yourself about eating the same stuff all the time. You don't need to eat the same thing every day. But if you want to build any level of consistency in your nutrition, you will have to probably have a little bit of consistency or similarity between your menu choices week to week. I always challenge people on this because this is a huge one. I hear this a lot. I hear people say they're nervous they're going to get sick of something before they've even eaten it once. You are probably eating the same three to five things all of the time right now. You're probably making the same three to five dinners each week for your kids. You're probably eating the same two to three lunches every week at work. You're probably making the same one to two breakfasts every day or stopping at the same one to two places. You're eating the same shit all the time right now. It's just that you're not paying attention to it, so you're not as aware of it, a.k.a. mindlessly eating. You're kind of just mindlessly eating most of the time. What's the easiest thing I can grab for lunch? What's the most convenient thing I can cook for dinner? What what does my what does my husband like? What does my wife like? What is my, what do my kids like? And not really worrying about your own goals or your own preferences. So it's kind of mindless eating. You're just kind of eating food when you can, uh, and you're not thinking ahead. 
when you start thinking ahead and you start kind of planning things out and paying attention to your food intake, you are going to see awesome results from that. But you'll notice, oh, I'm kind of eating like the same lunches all the time. Yeah, you have been eating the same lunches for the last 10 years. You just weren't aware of it. Now that they're healthy, you're, you're using that as a reason or as a barrier to give yourself a reason to quit. So my advice to you is understand that a little bit of monotony is just the ugly cousin of routine and consistency. If you want to build a routine, if you want to get consistent, you have to deal with a little bit of monotony in your schedule. But the results are going to be worth it and you're going to enjoy eating that healthy recipe or eating at that restaurant even more if you're if they're not like an everyday thing. So eating the same stuff all the time, it's not a necessity. You still have a ton of options, but finding a menu that kind of works for you, that you kind of like, that you can stick to most of the week is going to serve you way, way more in the long run. And you don't need to use that whole, I mean, I don't want to eat the same thing all the time as an excuse not to lose weight. Uh, the next one is going to be, this is this is kind of a quick one, but like machines versus free weights. I, I get this question a lot from people. Is it better to use machines to work out or is it better to use free weights? Overall, it, I would say overall for the average person, it doesn't really matter. You just got to be doing something. You got to be breaking a sweat and you got to be getting kind of stronger week to week. Now, if we're talking about like f functionality and what's overall quote unquote optimal for you, like yeah, free weights are probably going to be a little bit more optimal. But if you don't have access to free weights or you don't feel comfortable using them yet, that's not an excuse to not work out. If you go to like a Planet Fitness or a Gold Gym or something like that and you don't really know how to use the free weights or maybe you're uncomfortable going in the free weight area, you can totally use the machines and see great results and you'll get confidence from that. You'll get confidence from the results you get and you will eventually have the confidence to go use the free weights and feel more comfortable doing them. But don't use this small uh, debate, free weights versus machines, as an excuse to just not work out. You don't always have to do the most optimal thing to see results. You just got to do something. You got to do it consistently and you got to progress forward. Next one, changing up your numbers. Uh, this one is a question I get a lot, mostly from new clients um, because they've worked with coaches in the past who are constantly like changing their uh, calorie goals or protein goals or for some people who do do like macro coaching, they're, they're getting new macros on a weekly basis. You realistically don't need to change your calorie protein goals all that much. I would say you're probably changing them a handful of times throughout the year. Um, and that's really just based on your, your goal or your adherence to it. But overall, you don't need to be changing up your numbers on a regular basis. And if you're thinking that you do, again, it's just overcomplicating the process. What you really need to do is get super, super fucking consistent with something. So if you have a calorie range and you have a protein range, just having those goals in general will get you the first chunk of results because you're now paying attention to the food you're eating, you're trying to eat more protein, you're trying to control your calorie intake. Once you get into a habit and routine where you can hit those numbers or stay in those ranges pretty much every day, almost without even trying, you can stick there for like the next five years if you wanted to, and you would still see results. Now, along the way, if you feel like, oh, I want to get a little bit leaner, or you're like, I'm, uh, I, I'm comfortable with where I'm at, I just want to maintain, you can alter your numbers a little bit um, in those cases, but the numbers aren't the end-all, be-all. It's not about constantly changing your numbers. 
What you need to do is constantly be reaffirming and honing your habits. And that is super, super important. So if I have a client and they're having trouble getting consistent and they're asking me, you know, on a weekly basis, like, do you think I should change my numbers? Can you take a look at my numbers? Like, do you think I should be eating less? And I would say 99% of the time when someone asks me that question and I go look at their food logs, they haven't even really been hitting the numbers that I've been giving them anyway. They're just looking for some sort of external thing to get them a new chunk of results. In reality, it just comes down to they need to get more consistent with the behaviors that we're trying to accomplish right now. So uh, if you're someone who does track your food intake and maybe your results, you feel like they've plateaued or you feel like you were losing a pound a week and now you're not or whatever it is, um, don't rush to change your numbers. What you need to do is take a good hard look at your consistency. Where are there holes in your consistency? Because if you're not being super consistent right now, changing your numbers doesn't change anything. It's just giving you some sort of placebo uh, effect that you think is going to get you new results. If you're having trouble seeing results, you feel like you're kind of stalled, take a look at your workouts, take a look at your, your actual consistency with the food. Are you being super consistent? Are you actually getting stronger? Are you pushing yourself in your workouts? Do the work there first. Fix those things first. I guarantee you numbers probably don't need to change. You probably just need to get more consistent. Next one, calorie burn. You need to stop worrying about your calorie burn. Now, does this mean you don't need to worry about burning calories throughout the day? No, I'm talking about like any sort of uh, device that you have that, that gives you an estimated calorie burn. You need to stop worrying that. Again, we want to reduce the amount of things that we need to focus on. You don't need to be focused on Apple Watch calories. You don't need to be focused on Fitbit calories. You don't need to do uh, some sort of calculation online to see what your average calorie burn is. Uh, for the most part, these are all estimates. And it's just not worth focusing on, especially like the Apple Watch ones and the Fitbit ones because they're, they're completely inaccurate. But if you're using like some sort of online calculator to see how many calories you uh, burn and this generally looks like if you've ever used one before it's generally asks you for like your height your weight your gender uh your activity level what your work life looks like it gives you a little bit of a break like a it's probably eight to ten questions and then it gives you an estimated uh we think you're burning about this many calories per day the reason why i don't really have people focus on that is because this number generally is higher than it actually is in reality. So the estimate is generally higher. So someone will do all that and they'll say, you're burning you know, 1,900 calories a day. So then someone will see that and go, oh, cool. But what they're, what they're not taking into account is, is that A, you're probably not being 100% accurate with your assessment of your activity level and your workout uh, intensity. So for example, these things will say, how many days a week do you work out? And someone might work out, you know, five days a week. And so they'll put five days a week. But that calculator isn't accounting for, like, are you actually working hard five days a week? Are you getting stronger each week? Are you lifting heavy weight? Like, what kind of stress are you putting on your body? Or are you just showing up at the gym? Are you doing, like, like it doesn't take into, that, take into account any of that. So paying attention to a number of calories that you're burning a day is pretty useless. What you need to pay attention to is just focusing on the calories that you're intaking, how many calories you're consuming, and then getting stronger week to week. Just focus on that. 
Because if you're focused on those two things and you're controlling those two variables, you're going to see results. If you start paying attention to the calories you burn, it just totally throws a wrench in the plans and it just is overwhelmed and people get too confused by it. It's not worth it. So stop worrying about how many calories you're burning in workouts and during the day or during the week. Focus on calories that you're consuming and focus on are you getting stronger? Are you performing better in your workouts week to week? Next one, how much water should you drink in a day? Now, obviously, drinking water is important. We want to be hydrated, but if you are looking for like a magic amount of ounces that you should be drinking in a day, again, it's more stuff that you're focusing on that you don't need to be focused on. You should be drinking water pretty much constantly throughout the day. Give yourself a realistic goal, not an ounce goal, just a realistic behavior goal. For example, I have a Yeti thermos sitting next to me. It's about 32 ounces. I know if I drink at least three of these a day, I'm probably doing fine because I'll have like a couple of uh, seltzers throughout the day too and things like that. I know I put water in uh, like if I have pre-workout or if I have a protein shake, I put water in there. So I know that there's some sort of hydration coming in other ways throughout the day. So I just know at bare minimum, if I drink three of these a day, I'm good. So do something like that. Give yourself a realistic goal. If you have a 24 ounce or a 30 ounce water bottle at home or a thermos, be like, I got to drink three of these a day. Do that and you'll drastically change the amount of water you drink and it's not overwhelming. If you're trying to track your ounces of water throughout the day, not really useful. Again, it's just causing more overwhelm and it's giving you more of an excuse to lay off this stuff when the motivation is down. If you're focusing on 17 different markers every day and you're tracking your calorie burn and your ounces of water and you're overanalyzing your workouts and you're trying to find all these healthy recipes, what's going to happen is... As soon as motivation goes down, you're going to go, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to, I'm going to lay off this for a little while. And then we gain 10 to 15 pounds over the next few months. And then you're starting over. Instead, focus on high impact things that actually matter. How many calories are you consuming? How much protein are you getting? And, you know, are you getting stronger week to week? Are you staying consistent with your workout schedule? That's it. That's really all you need to focus on. Am I consistent with my workouts? Am I getting stronger week to week? How much protein, how many calories. If you can lock those things down, you can stick to that 365 days a year. Last one is don't overwhelm yourself with research. Research is, I'm not sure that most people are going online and reading a ton of research, but I know you'll at least read, people will read articles. I have clients or uh, send me articles or people that I just know, they'll be like, oh, what do you think of this article? And they'll send it to me. Um, you know, I'm glad that you're trying to learn more about your health and, and stuff, but this is all overwhelming. And a lot of research is just very, um, it's, 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 it's kind of anecdote, anecdotal, meaning that these are focus groups that they use, they're controlling variables, or they're doing studies on animals. And I'm not saying research is invaluable. Obviously, it is. But if you're someone who goes and reads every article that comes out and is reading about what things are going to be like in 10 years or reading about the dangers of this and, or the, the dangers of that, whatever, again, it's just more overwhelm, more stuff that you're focusing on. Not saying that research has no value, but if you're overwhelming yourself with articles and research, it just gets too much. Are you controlling your calories? Are you eating enough protein? Are you getting in your workouts consistently? lock those things down first and when i say lock them down i want to see you sustain that consistently for six to eight months if you can do that for six to eight months control those three variables you will drastically change your life and you will build so much confidence 
that you will not get overwhelmed by these other things. So when you've been doing this stuff long enough and you've seen a good chunk of results, you don't get thrown off by every article, every Instagram post you see because you have confidence in your behavior and what you're doing. And what you'll realize is that every article, every piece of research, every you know tr thing that you're worrying about or healthy recipe you're looking up or fitness debate that you're listening to, whatever it is, all that stuff really just comes down to if you chip it all away, it's trying to get people to control their calorie intake, to eat more protein, and to move more. That's really what all this stuff gets dwindles down to. So don't get caught up in all these debates and articles and tracking numbers and all this stuff and changing things every four week, or two weeks or three weeks or, or trying to find the new great thing. Are you controlling your calories? Are you eating enough protein? Are you being consistent with your workouts? And then once we lock those things in, then we can start talking about, you know, are we drinking enough water? Are we getting more steps in throughout the day? These things are important, and I'm not saying that you can't work on them, but if you're like, um, I didn't add this one just because I don't think it's not important, but like I think people get overly focused on their exact number of steps. If you are someone who is getting like 3,000 steps a day, then you definitely need to move more, and you need to probably focus on your step count. Once you get above like 7,000 steps a day, you probably don't need to worry about it too much. If your natural activity throughout the day is getting like over 7,000 steps, then don't really overly focus on it. You can literally go for like a 10 to 20 minute walk a few times a week and you're gonna drastically increase that step count. Um, but again, if you're someone who's getting like two to 5,000 steps a day, you probably need to move a lot more and then we can talk about that. But don't overwhelm yourself with getting an exact number. Anytime I throw out a step call, like seven to 10,000 steps a day, it's just with the intention of getting people to move more. It's not because those are magic numbers. It's just that I know if you're aiming for that range, you're gonna just move more than you are now. All of this stuff comes down to just getting people to move more, to control their calories, and eat more protein. So I hope this didn't uh, overwhelm you more, but again, all the stuff I'm t I meant mentioned here are things that you don't need to worry about, that you need to stop overwhelming yourself with to make the process easier so that you can stick to it even when motivation dips. Thank you a lot for listening. I hope this was helpful. If it was, make sure you share it, make sure you subscribe, make sure you leave a five-star rating, and uh, tag me in any posts that you make about it so I can uh, give, you some, give you some credit and then share it on my page as well. Uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate you a lot, and I'll talk to you later.